Hi, welcome to the Flywheel Film Show. Coming to you from the backseat of a Rolls Royce Ghost Black Badge in Southern California, I'm Jordan. And I'm Austin in a deceivingly cold Dallas, Texas. It's really the wind that gets you here. And I'm Ahmad, sitting across in Dallas from Austin. If that makes it's sense. So confusing because <laughs> Austin's a city. <laughs> Wait, why am I here, by the way? So we obviously have a special guest today. Um, Ahmad is our good friend and owner of an interesting fleet, which we'll get into later. Um, and we're also going to talk about uh, Korean domestic market at length today. So I hope you're ready for that. Yeah, and I finally have another Miata owner on the podcast, NC Love. So, what are we talking about? Not just the same Miata, or (laughs) not just a Miata, but like almost the same Miata. Yeah. But better. Good thing I didn't didn't buy yours two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) I'll hit you up in January when I can't get it to pass inspection. (laughs) So... We'll start with what's in the news, and this is a piece of news that's particularly close to uh, Ahmad's heart. Um, So Kia recently filed the trademark, both the Sorento and the Telluride X-Pro, like the the Mm -hmm. name moniker. And uh, they also announced the, um, what was it? I think it was the, oh yeah, and the Telluride X-Pro trim was also announced, or not announced, it was trademarked. Um, So... It's interesting because the car and driver broke this news. Kia has yet to make an official comment about it. So it's not confirmed that they're going to be making these trim levels, but it's pretty interesting that they're trademarking them. Um, Ahmad, you actually were heavily considering a Sorento. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And would this have changed things for you if they had these trim levels out now? Well, in full transparency, I have to actually go back and look what the X Pro was. <laughs> I was very familiar with the X line. Um, so uh, we'll get into my fleet later, but I have a wagon. And of course, like everybody else in America, we, for some reason, think we need a crossover. Um, and uh, the Sorento kind of fits the bill just because of multiple reasons that I don't have to get into today. Um, so we shopped it. And I think mostly I'm just kind of impressed by Kia slash Hyundai's willingness to kind of try new things. Like you think about the Santa Cruz, That's you, cool. which is basically yeah. a ute. Like, yeah. if anything, it's a ute at yeah. this point. Um, but going after this rugged crowd, um, because I think in the U.S., what I feel is everybody's like, oh, I need an SUV because I go to a campground, you know, twice a year. Yeah. Um, and they're capitalizing on this. I might put a canoe on top. I might know? put a canoe yeah. and never take it off. <laughs> <laughs> when noise be damned. Yeah. <laughs> um, buy a truck because yeah. I might buy a farm. <laughs> No, 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 no. So it's interesting, it's you know, the X-Line, the X-Line was already kind of an off-roady version. Um, I think, Austin, you made a good comparison, like the TRD. And then, not, not, and now yes. we're going to get flamed because we're going to compare the X-Line. Yeah, to so it, well, it's like the same kind <laughs> of, uh, uh, I guess, tiered system as Toyota with a TRD off-road package versus like the full-on TRD Pro model. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's what Kia is going for, where the X-Line is going to be like kind of more the visuals and a little bit of more, a little bit more capability, where the X-Pro is going to like actually have some, some, differences in the chassis and suspension and all that good stuff for actual like off-road use which trim level were y'all looking at and why well we wanted the at least i didn't really care i just wanted the 2.5 turbo engine uh, which i think in 22 i believe starts with the ex um and all exes i believe have that and 21 it was an option 
Uh, we were looking at between an EX and an SX. Um, I just wasn't in the budget for an X line. Although I think the green that it comes with, with the camely kind of uh, tan interior, That's such cool. a great combination. Yeah, very cool. And they put all-terrain tires on that with the X-Pro if that does happen. Um, not the target market that I'm in, but I think there is a good segment for it. And With the prices being aggressive, I'm kind of looking forward to it. There's but, a lot of hiking in Dallas, Amada. <laughs> you sure you don't need the X-Pro? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like I said, I think I'm more just impressed with the bold decisions they're making. They're trying things. We'll see what sticks over the next few years, but I'm glad somebody's doing it, so. Yeah, I think Kia and Hyundai are doing great things. Um, does it, this reminds me, Austin, doesn't the new... Didn't Ford have like a Fiesta ST line? Yeah, so uh, I hate the lines, <laughs> like the, the X line. and the uh, Kia has the yeah. GT line. Um, yeah. it, it, it really bothers me because a Kia or Kia, a Ford Fiesta ST versus ST line, they're like two different cars. The ST has an entirely different drivetrain different suspension, different exhaust, different interior. Like it's all different. Um, but the ST line aesthetically has all of the ST components. It has the same front bumper. It has the same spoiler on the back. It has the same side skirts. Um, but yeah, it's like night and day. It's really just like if you want a car that looks like that car, then you get the the ST line version, um, but they aren't making the ST anymore. So I guess it's the closest that you can get. I feel like we could do a whole podcast yeah. on these uh, aesthetic packages, yeah, like S lines, the M silly. packages. I do want y'all's thoughts because I think it's really interesting, kind of the order that Kia is doing this in. So they announced the 2023 Kia Sportage with an X Pro package. It, it would be like Toyota coming out with a TRD Pro on the Rav Four before the Forerunner. <laughs> What do you guys think that's backwards? Do you think that like because I mean I guess the equivalent would be the Telluride and they don't have a Telluride off road version yet, um, just because the Telluride isn't really known for that. It's more so known for just being kind of a nice, spacious SUV that's not extremely off road capable. What are y'all's thoughts? Imagine if they do a Telluride X Pro that just like outperforms a Land Rover. Like <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be, that'd be the ultimate mic drop KDM moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think anything X Pro would be sweet. I'd probably go for the Pro Max. Just Apple joke. Yeah. Well, it's um, funny. Uh, what car was it recently? There was some car that has like different screen sizes in the actual car, and I think they called it like Pro and Pro Max. And I was like, this is so dumb. <laughs> Can they do that? <laughs> I don't think those names are trademarked. As long as it's not iPhone. <laughs> Yeah, this Are is, we yeah. allowed to say iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I yeah, think I know. it's interesting. I, and I think one of the limiting factors of off-road capability is always transmission. Um, I've read a lot of reviews on, um, there's a couple of YouTubers I follow and transmissions are always kind of uh, tricky. Like there's certain automatic transmissions, like DCTs aren't that great for hardcore off-roading from what I limited understand about transmissions. Um but uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. And I think they're where everybody's counting on Telluride getting some better power plants. The V6 is great, but honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons I don't want it. I want a turbo and I want a twin turbo V6 in there. So I want the engine from the Stinger in there. I think so. the Sereno actually 
like when you told me you were looking at a Sereno, I fully expected if you're going to go Kia to look at the Telluride. But then when you explained your reasoning of you wanted that turbo power plant, that was super solid. It was almost shocking. Like, oh, the Telluride doesn't have that. Mm-mm, and when looking at the different side by side and styling, I think the Sorento looks really, really solid. Maybe not quite as good, but it's also a little bit smaller, which yeah. I think is more appealing because most people don't need the space that comes in the Telluride. Yeah, and to kind of sum it up, the reason we were looking at the Sorento was A, the 2.5T, which I wish it was the 3.3 or 3.5T. That would be phenomenal. Um, I probably would have gotten at that point. But um, the other is like we need a, a third row probably once every month or every other month. Um, and that's the third row is good for kids. It's not really good for adults. I don't need the size of a Telluride. Um, the Sorento handles better. It gets slightly better gas mileage. Everything just adds up to um, I don't have a family that sits in the back third row all the time. It's just when my niece or something is here. So um, I think the Sorento is great looking. The And I'm going to say something controversial, and I don't know if anybody agrees with me, is the taillights on the Sorento um, honestly kind of remind me of a fastback Mustang yeah. because of how split they are and the shape, um, like an old, older Mustang. Yeah. So if you... Like the um, bars, the yeah. kind of vertical bars. It's really yeah. odd. The first time I saw it, I was like, that's a really unique design feature for a crossover. But if you get a chance, Google it. But yeah. We were a visual podcast, so you put it on the screen, but we're not. Um, <laughs> Who has that budget anyways? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Jordan, you had a thought? Well, I was just going to... Do you want to talk GV90? <laughs> yeah, because we definitely don't have a script that we're reading off of. So... Um, yeah. So I speaking of KDM. Yeah, speaking of KDM. Um, <clears throat> so uh, now recently, uh, Genesis unveiled pictures of the uh, GV90, which is going to be their flagship sedan. I think for 2022 is the, the G- alleged availability. G90. It's G90. GV is Genesis. Oh, that's the, that's the sedan. Well, yeah. So G90. GV- be a freaking baller car though maybe like an escalade (laughs) competition you're welcome uh, genesis you can make that now um so the pictures of it look really cool it really just looks like a slightly elongated version of the uh the g70 um but the uh interesting thing is i think the power plants Uh, so mod what you were talking about they have a V6 twin turbo that is allegedly going to be the base motor, which is pretty solid. I think they have that in the K900 right now. Um, But the other power plants are quite possible um, to be a V8, which would be interesting. I don't know if Kia's ever done a V8. They have on the the Genesis. uh, They had the five five liter. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then the other option would be an electrified version, like an electrified G90. what are your thoughts on that on already owning a KDM sedan and seeing maybe like an ultra luxury version? Um, so yeah, so I own a Singer GT and the twin turbo V6, I believe, is very similar to what's expected to go into this. And I love that power plant. The transmission is great, the power is great, um, especially for in-house built transmission. I think what that car is gonna excel in is I sat in a G80 recently and i was blown away and i think jordan's seen some genesis as genesis genesis yeah i had a g80 for a week and i was luxury like and i i i I had friends like guess the price tag and they were all guessing like 70 80 grand and this one was spec to like 49 and it was just so nice inside so i'm really intrigued by 
Genesis. Um, I mean, I had the S class a couple weeks ago that was like 145 grand. I was like, oh, this is peak luxury. And then this week we had the Rolls Royce Ghost Black Badge, which is $500,000. And so now it's like Genesis is total bargain, like the epitome of the best bang for buck in my I opinion. I think they look like more luxury than some of the German competitor competitors, yeah. which is interesting. And another interesting thing, Jordan, I'd like your thoughts on after having the S-Class and the Rolls-Royce, they're going to offer a long wheelbase version of the mm-hmm. G90, um, yeah. which it, really, I guess you only have that if it's being sold to somebody who's going to be riding in it, not driving it. Yeah. Um, so do you think it? do you think that will do well? Because I think most people who buy a car to ride in probably don't consider Genesis as one of their, one of their top candidates. Um, they're obviously going to be looking to something like, depending on how high rollover they are, uh, like a Rolls Phantom or uh, S-Class. Um, what, what do you think of the long wheelbase offering? Do you think they're a little bit ambitious with that? I like it. So the S-Class has long wheelbase. I think that's the only option we have in the U.S. actually. Um, and it was fine because rear wheel steering. The Rolls was a bit long. It wasn't like the longest rolls they have, like the ghost is almost their short wheelbase Ford. Like their sports car, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 5,500 pounds of yeah. um, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Genesis being long wheelbase without rear wheel steering, I mean, the G80 felt so long and it wasn't even quote unquote long wheelbase. So that would be a, I guess limiting factor. It's not a big deal because yes, technically there are actual limousines out and about, so it's not like they can't get around. It's just you have to be a bit more creative. You can't like really do confined spaces with it. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see how they implement it. But you know, the other like LS five hundred and S class, like they all have the things where the front passenger seat folds up, and then you have the rear executive seat that can just like recline and have the most most wonderful time i think genesis could pull that off so well to the point of making lexus and mercedes look not quite as fancy well Um, now i think about it the k900 actually has some of those features as well where it has like the executive seating in the rear it has like the the seat that folds forward it has the the window shades that go up on all sides so it's kind of a little bit of an executive experience um, so I'm guessing they could probably take a lot of what they learned from the K900 and do it just better in the G90. Yeah. So I have a coworker who lives in Korea um, and his feedback, he's always sending me all the new Kia Hyundais because he knows <laughs> I like them a lot. And his, I, I think the, the, the extended version or whatever, the longer long base version, um, he, even he was like, Hey, this is the car that every Korean company will give all their execs. And they'll get driven around in it. So I'm not sure how well it's going to do in the U.S. In all honesty, to your point, most people, especially like even in this area, North Dallas, where there's a lot of wealth, it'll be hard to find a Genesis. Even now, there's yeah. it's hard to find Genesis because I think there's a brand stigma. I see, I'm seeing them more and more in like kind of uh, like mid-tier neighborhoods, upper middle class. Yeah, like upper middle yeah. class, middle class. But definitely because, not in the. Yeah, because they are like a very attractive offering for. Uh, what you get in styling, what you get in uh, comfort and overall interior feel. Um, But I think in order to um, seriously consider one of those, it has to be like a budget thing. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking within your budget and you see, Oh, I I could look at a go, I could go look at a G80. um, Then you may do that, but you're probably not cross shopping an S class at that point. Um, 
so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Very, very interesting. But yeah, Jordan, I wanted to get your thoughts on that specifically, just because you have had a, a, some exposure to some of the the big body sedans that uh, a lot of people think of when they think luxury sedan. Yeah, very nice to be in, but I just like smaller cars. I, yeah, that's what I've realized. Um, well, that so, is a wonderful. On that segue. note, <laughs> yeah. On, on that <laughs> note, I want to talk about. So we have, you know, Imad, you, know, you probably know we have a dream garage segment we talk about a lot where we yeah. give certain parameters and specify the cars that suit that. Um, and your name has come up on multiple podcasts because you have, we, we should figure out what parameters it was that made Imad's dream garage. But let's just interview you specifically. Um, <laughs> talk about the Stinger, the wagon, or what, the sedan wagon roadster. Um Instagram shout out, uh, 2000 followers, sick. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> like 10 times more than mostly, mostly spam, but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us your I don't know, how'd you get there? How'd you come up with these weird three car solution that everyone seems to love? <laughs> yeah, I guess we should start with what I actually own. So, I have a um, 2018 Buick Regal Tour X. Uh, which is the wagon. It's an it's an Opel wagon um, that was brought over from Germany and rebadged as as a as a Buick. And then I have the Kia Stinger, and then I have the 2013 Mazda Miata, um, which in my particular condition, it's supercharged, um, and it's basically it's just a fun toy. Um, and it, it's been a long trip. So I'm I'm 38, so I've been into cars for a while, but. Um, I think I was still selling Austin. I think about a, a couple of winters ago, we were sitting in my house in Colorado and my wife decided to list out every car I've owned since I started owning cars and I'm at 22, um, which I know everybody's, anytime you post something like that, somebody's like, yeah, well I've had 48. And it's like, <laughs> okay, cool, man. Like um, I, I've had a lot of project cars and while I have project cars, I cycled, I used to cycle through daily drivers. And I think that's partially why my list was big. And these would be three, $4,000 daily drivers. Um, so I kind of cycled through them cause there was something, you know, injectors would go wrong and I was like, I'm not fixing this $3,000 car. I'd sell it and go buy another one. <laughs> um, this is when I was single and had expendable income, but, um, uh, I think, uh, how I ended up here, it's, you know, <laughs> we were talking yesterday, my, my dream garage is basically an amplified version of my current garage. Meaning I mm. feel like I have the Walmart <laughs> version of the car I really want. <laughs> Um, and like, like the, the cars like I really want are like Target or Whole Foods. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then I've got like the Walmart, you know, great value version. Um, and I love all the cars that I have, but they're basically like budget versions of cars that I aspire to have one day. And, you know, when you think of a wagon, of course, there's a Holy Grail RS6. But even then, there's the E63s. There's just all these CTSVs. Um, that I've always loved wagons. I always will love wagons, mostly because of the look. The functionality is cool. But in all honesty, just the look, the silhouette of a wagon will never be matched by anybody. Um, and then the Miata um, came from a series of me going through multiple hatchbacks. I've had a Speed 3, Focus ST, and I was like, man, I love small, nimble cars. And I always laughed at the Miata until I drove a friend's NB. And although I didn't end up in an NB because it's too small for me, um, at 5'8", you know, I need something yeah, really big. Huge. Um, I had an NA and I'm six foot. <laughs> you know, yeah, massive. Um, but in all honesty, like, I love the Miata. It's it's a car designed for track use, canyon use, twisties. I don't do a lot of those, especially now that I don't live in Colorado. But I've kept it because supercharged, that thing is probably the best bang for the buck. It doesn't cost me much to maintain it. 
Um, and I've, it's the longest car I've owned in 18, 19 years of owning cars. I've never owned a car that long. So um, wow. mostly because it's paid off and it doesn't cost me anything. But <laughs> <laughs> and then the stinger kind of came from, I, you know, I've got the Miata, my wife's got the wagon um, and I needed something that was quick, but also family friendly. Like my daughter wanted some room. I'd had a Mustang. I've had, you know, I've had a really weird slew of cars. Like I had a Lincoln MKS, which is basically a Taurus SHO and a tuxedo. Um, that was a big which, waste. If you're not familiar, the Taurus show is like a Taurus, but like twin turbo. V- V6, V6 twin turbo, yeah. Uh, it's all wheel drive. It is all wheel yeah, drive. They're, they're kind of crazy in the Ford scene because it's, uh, I think, basically a cop car. Yeah. Well, but the cops for, usually got the V6. They didn't get the SHOs too much, but... Yeah, it's yeah. they're they're absolute right, and the MKS is just like the up badge version of that, so it's a little bit yeah. nicer. But you said that wasn't it as was a, good as you thought it. Well, was. it's just it's meant for comfort. The transmission just wasn't that great, um, so I went back to a Mustang uh, recently, in like three, two, three years ago, and I made the mistake of buying a sixteen. I, I had to convince my wife to let me buy another Mustang, and it had to be an automatic. I didn't realize how crappy the fifteen <laughs> to seventeen six speed automatic is. Uh, it basically sucked the life out of that car. I'm, I don't know how it got good reviews. Obviously, they fixed that in 18 with the 10 speeds. Um, but I sold it pretty quickly and got the Stinger. I went and test drove the Stinger. Never had a Kia or anything. But I knew I loved the look of the Stinger, the fastback kind of design. The you know It's got the hatch and everything like that. So between functionality, performance, and just the look and the space and everything, that car checked all the boxes. And in all honesty... My top three favorite cars I've ever owned are my, I have to give it to my Civic. That car sucked, but it was a car that got me into cars. It was a 96 DX. Um, I had 106 horsepower, killed it. Um, I had a body kit on it, you know, a buddy club body kit. If anybody remembers these oh, from the early yeah. 2000s, um, fart can exhaust, all that. And then my other favorite car was a G35 that I owned. That was my present to me after I graduated, supercharged it, destroyed it, and then got into basically any other car. I don't have brand loyalty. I hate to say it. I just don't. I just find cars that are good bangs for the buck. And I think most of the cars I've gotten serve a very specific function and they're good at it. Um, the Kia to me, the Stinger is the best all around daily. In my opinion, it's all wheel drive. It's got with a tune, probably over 400 horsepower. Um, it's got tons of room and it's smooth. It's got a lot of niceties in it. I've got the driver's convenience package, but so it's a lot of is just like bang for the buck. I don't go out and buy the you know seventy thousand dollar car when I can buy the forty thousand dollar version that does everything just as well with a better warranty. So yeah, it's good to not have brand loyalty. I mean, having an open mind does get you the better cars. Like it, it annoys me so much when I find someone who is diehard loyal to a brand to a fault, and they keep complaining about how they can't quite get what they want. And I'm like, oh, maybe be open to something <laughs> else. Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, who would own like two of the same car? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Jordan had two Miatas. Um, so, <laughs> do you have? So, I want to mention some of my favorite cars that you've had a mod, and I also want to talk about how you had a tendency to add forced induction to vehicles. Um, so, you had a Spec V, a Sentra uh, Spec V. Yeah, that was a car I replaced my Civic with, and that was my first intro into actual performance mods. And, and I got that turbo. So that was the first car you added force induction mm-hmm. to. Um, and then that, you like the Nissan side of things. So you had a 240. That was my daily driver. 
um, while I had my G35, uh, my, my spec V actually. Yeah. Okay. I just had a Nissan. I had friends that worked at Nissan. Uh, okay. So, so they all worked on a little it. bit of Nissan fanboy for a little bit. Cause then you went to the G35 and that was another car where you added force induction to. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, what, from what you told me and what friend, your friends told me is that car like had a lot of potential, but you could just like never get it running like the way that you wanted. I was on a college budget. And once it was installed, um, it just, I just never got it tuned the way it should have been. It would have required a lot more investment, but that's the car that got me into tracking. Like I, I did HPDEs with that car. I did autocross events. I did time to time attacks and stuff like that. And it was a big stepping stone for me on my car. So, so do you think another, um, reason? So another thing I know that you told me when you got the stinger is the Mustang. Cause you lived in Colorado for a little bit. That's actually mm -hmm. how, uh, you met Jordan was uh, cruising and, uh, your Miata's up there. Yep. Um, you said the Mustang, the force induction or the, the V8 wasn't really what you needed the force induction from the uh from the stinger was you felt even though the power numbers on paper were pretty similar you felt that the stinger was way faster do you think you really gravitated towards a force induction miata because of the altitude and because you already had a little bit of like a need for power uh on the miata i did it because the miata uh, to me is about 50 to 70 horsepower underpowered on where it should be um, and, and to, to have maximum fun. Now I know hardcore enthusiasts will probably crap on me and be like, no, have you ever turned in one? <laughs> yes, I have. But man, you add 50 to 70 horsepower onto that thing, just do a 2.5 swap and it changes the dynamic of the car. Um, I just happened to find a really good deal for a supercharger from flying Miata. So, um, that worked out for me. Um, but I think the conversation on the Mustang, uh, Mustang owners will always say it's, it, it is a great muscle car, but it's a mixture of uh, the elevation, but also low end torque on the 5.0. Just I drove a Camaro SS, a 19 Camaro SS as a rental, and it blew my Mustang's low end away. And I was just like, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> um, and I think in Colorado, force induction just works better. And the Stinger has so much more low end power off the off the line. Plus, it's all wheel drive. Yep. Um, top end, you definitely feel the difference. The Mustang excels in top end. I don't drive in the top end. I don't do 120, 130 miles an hour. I want to go zero to 60 as fast as possible. So I feel like, especially in Colorado, when you're carving canyons, like yeah, you're, you're in the mid range, you're in the mid range or the low range, depending on what canyon you're in. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's very interesting just hearing that. Cause now you're back in Dallas where we don't necessarily have the most curvy roads, but I feel like the stinger still does really well here because mm -hmm. it does have pretty solid straight line speed. And that's yeah. pretty much all that you can use here. Yeah. Yeah, the zero to sixties are in the high fours for me right now. And it's just, it's a great power band for what I paid under 30 K for that car. I got a hell of a deal. Um, it was a pre-owned, um, some lady owned it, had 18,000 miles on it. She had it for a year and a half. And so I've just been beating the crap out of it and so far, no issues. So, but yeah, um, if I don't know, I guess if people have questions about the Torx, which is a very unique car, it's hard to find. I've modified it a little bit aesthetically, I should say. Um, I, I yeah, should say, so before lip. we, yeah, front lip, before we wrap, um, Imad, I want you to take us through, so your current garage, explain look, what you've done to each car that you have, like the, just kind of, you don't have to go super in depth on the yeah. modifications, but what modifications you've done um, and I don't know. Let's say each car give the one car that really led you to that mm. specific car. Uh, so the Miata supercharged Tane flex coilovers, sway bar upgrades, and um, 
quite a few other aesthetics. Like I have Avid wheels on there, ND 500s, handles well, performs really well. Just got it tuned again from uh, Joe down at Dynatronics in San Antonio, making about 240 horsepower. It's a blast. I just got to get it to pass inspection at this point. Long story. Um, but that car, like I said, came from my obsession with small hatches that just handle well. I'll always love hatchbacks, but I wanted real wheel drive and I wanted a, a top-down car for Colorado. So that's kind of where I ended up with that. The Buick Regal Tour X, my wife and I went through some uninspiring SUVs for her. Um, the last one was a CX-9. I've always liked Mazda because of the Mazda 3 hatchbacks. And uh, we liked the CX-9, got the job done, but God, I felt dead when I drove it. Um, <laughs> and I asked her, I was like, look, we don't need this third row. Um, are you interested in wagons? She loves the way wagons look. So that's awesome. I uh, showed her a couple options and this was the only one that kind of fit the bill. The all track was on there, but the all track was just underpowered. Um, so instead of buying an SUV, I was like, let's get a wagon. And now anytime she goes anywhere in that car, people are asking her, people are giving her thumbs ups. Even me, they'll, people will be like, what is that? They'll ask at gas stations. They'll pull over at lights, taking pictures and stuff. It's just a cool car. Um, and it's not the most fun car, but it gets the job done and it looks damn good doing it. So, um, but that one was like a family replacement. We just didn't need a third row, which is where the Sorrento conversation yeah. comes in. And then lastly, the Stinger came from, um, you know, I've, I've, I had, I needed a, I had the Miata and everything and I wanted a big luxury car, luxury ish car. I don't want to say the Stinger is luxury, but it has, you know, lane assist and all that kind of stuff that makes just, it's just a damn good daily driver. Compared um, to the Miata, and, it feels so luxurious. Like it's so funny going from one car to the yeah. other. Well, even going from the <laughs> Buick to the Torx. Oh, sorry, the Buick to the Stinger. The Stinger feels more composed and better. The Buick has more features, but it's Which also is funny because Buick is like probably supposed to be <laughs> higher on the hierarchy of luxury yeah. than Kia. But Kia. Yeah. I digress. Yeah. Um, so actually, and back to the Buick really quick. Your wife was kind enough to let you. Uh, slam it on yeah. i didn't know so i haven't done any of that um a lot of people think that it's oh, is it lower. Not lower no it's not lowered at oh all my God. Okay. it's my wow. tire fitment and then i added body accents and everything was ordered from overseas because that this is an opal and a lot of the parts are in germany and latvia and stuff like that so my spoiler is from latvia my front my front splitter is from germany my uh i think and then i have curva wheels on there and then i also have Buick cascada wheels sitting around that i love um, but yeah, other than that, it's just lowered and I plastic dipped a lot of the black chrome crap off of it. Um, but I actually like the Buick badge. A lot of people opalize it and I just haven't. Um, I actually like the Buick badge. And it's like black on black, right? Yeah, black it's wheels, black on black right black now, paint. which I honestly, I'm not big on black on black, but my wife is and <laughs> it does look good. But um, so yeah, if you have a chance to check it out, you can always check out my Instagram. It looks, I think it looks pretty good. So. And then the... Uh, Kia, you have coilovers. Coilovers, tune, a lot of aesthetic stuff. I have some rotor forms on there. Um, it's lowered on MS uh, coilovers. I've got MS parts. I've got a couple of eBay parts on there from lip to spoiler. Um, and uh, race chip, which I know is just a whole big debate on if race chip's worth a damn. It is to me. I also have a throttle controller. So I basically have the, the list of mods that everybody makes fun of. But man, I love them. Every single one of them has done what they need to for the price. So um, that thing is a blast, an absolute blast off the line. So sweet. Well, yeah, goals. It is a dream garage uh, for some people, and it's going to be cool to see what progresses. Because, like you said, it's your um, stepping stone dream garage. So 
it's cool to see the trajectory, the past, the present, and uh, we'll see what the future has. Yeah, I think, I think the, Kia, the lack of brand loyalty is inspiring <laughs> to me for sure. Yeah, I've had a I, I think, pilot Acura Vigor. Do you, uh, do you, Jordan, do you know what an Acura Vigor is? Nope. <laughs> I'm saying Vigor, V-I-G-O-R. Um, so if anybody knows what that is, please comment, because I had that as a five-cylinder car. It's, it's pretty pretty cool luxury sedan. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that was my first luxury sedan. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Thank you guys for joining in. Um, definitely let us know if you have any questions or corrections. Um, you're welcome to send Ahmad some fan mail. Uh, <laughs> we have Instagram, Facebook at Flywheel Films. Um, and we also have email, theflywheelfilms at gmail.com. Yeah, if you enjoyed the show, maybe you like our other things too. Instagram and YouTube contain a lot of our content at Flywheel Films. Um, my part one of the East Coast Road Trip came out recently, so it's all it's all coming out. But um, it's a must my watch. Is it's so good. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah part I've been two plugging it on eventually. my Instagram. <laughs> definitely been plugging part that because if you if you ever wanted to see a, a guy road tripping a Miata, this is the video to this watch. Is definitely the video to watch. Part two will come out sooner than the sequel to Avatar. That's what I'm going to say. Low bar. <laughs> Yeah, and my Miata is on Instagram at ghosty.miata. And you can find my Fiesta on Instagram at kona.party.st. And Ahmad, where can we find you on the interwebs? My budget Walmart dream garage <laughs> is located on Instagram at sedan underscore roadster underscore wagon. So it's very straight up. And teaser, you may be seeing some of his cars on the YouTube channel here soon. So definitely stay tuned for that.